0: Alrighty guys. It's qualifying final preview time. Home qualifying final. How good is that? A place we probably didn't expect to be six weeks ago. We just hoped to finish top four and get that double chance, but a great finish to the season, a wonderful finish to the season, a finish to the season that can finish, fill us with confidence going into these finals with how we've credited it out and just got the job done to finish second and get that home qualifying final against Geelong for the second year in a row. It's, um, it's going to be a tough one, it's gonna, but it's going to be a fun one and potentially a great one. After 23 rounds of the home and away season, all that blood, sweat and tears, the ups, the downs, the wonderings about our form, the wonderings about the injuries. Will it ever happen? Will it ever click? Well, it hasn't clicked yet, and that's something to be... Uh, it hasn't clicked to the, the, the absolute best that we know they can play because we know there's better in this team all the time. The fact is, they've been that good to finish second and they're still better to come. So let's get excited. We're nervous as well. I'm very nervous, but I'm always nervous when it comes to finals. But that's what it's all about. It's about getting that nervous energy. It's about that excitement. It's about the the fear of the unknown, but the excitement for the unknown as well. So let's get into it and talk about it. Qualifying final. Tomorrow night. Here we come. Alrighty, qualifying final. Tomorrow night. So I am currently watching the uh, All Australian Awards, just on silent in the background. As I record this, so if anything um, updates as that happens, but we already know the forward line um, with a couple of midfielders, as per usual, <laughs> is being announced at the moment. Um, just watching Bontempelli chat away. Uh, so we already know that um, Alir Alir is um, the All-Australian centre-half backman as well as Ollie Wines in the midfield as well. So two that very, very much deserving, but we're all waiting to see if um, Amon can somehow find himself on that interchange or something like that at this point um to, to fill it out and, and do justice to what has been a brilliant year for him as well. But Ollie Wines and um Ali Alir absolutely deserve it of their first Australian Blazers. So that's wonderful news going to a um a qualifying final tomorrow night. Uh so yeah that's got that's going on. That's in the background there. But um the big news really is qualifying final tomorrow night. It's a the individual success of all Australians on those awards. Uh Mitch Georgiadis finishing third in the Rising Star as well. Great stuff. All that stuff is secondary to the main team goal. The reason all these individuals play the game is for the team goal of winning that elusive premiership. And our journey, again, starts tomorrow night. After 23 rounds, it all resets. Um, we're all, It's all just one game at a time. Three games to win to get that cup. All the cliches, the reasons that they're cliches is because they, they're true. It's one game at a time at this point. But the wonderful thing about finishing in that top two spot is not only do we get that home qualifying final, there is also the double chance. There is a chance, if we have to, that we can play again the week after this and make up for any wrongs tomorrow night. But knock on wood, that's not going to be required. We're going to be playing a prelim at home in a couple of weeks again. That is the plan. And the plan is to beat Geelong tomorrow night to make that happen. So lots to talk about with that. It's uh, crazy to think that we're playing Geelong for the second year in a row in this same fixture. It's just second v third rather than first v fourth as it was last year. But it's the same same venue, same uh, same fixture, and same opponents playing against each other again. Some of the uh, protagonists in the game and the antagonists are different. With uh, there's a fair few players for Port that played last year there aren't that aren't there anymore. Uh, as well as um, a couple for Geelong as well, but uh, the overall it's pretty similar sides and pretty similar game styles, as it was last year uh, with with that final. Um, some very intriguing defensive matchups that'll be very similar to last year again, I think, but with a few new players in, um, particularly for, I mean, um, Geelong have got some big new players in, but Port, uh, one of them has just been announced as an All Australian, which is. Just shows how good our business in the off-season was last year and trying to shore up that team to get ready for this moment. Um, he's got an all-Australian blazer, Aaliyah Aaliyah, for his job through the year. But we brought those guys in like Aaliyah and Fantasia who's coming back into the side as well for this time of year, to be the difference at this time of year. And that's what we're excited for. So there's a lot to talk about and a lot to get into. Um, so we might as well get started. And I think probably the spot to start, unfortunately, is, I mean the lead-up to this game has been an absolute... Um, <laughs> shit show for the fans, really. Um, unfortunately, we got the news um, at the start of the week that the tickets were going on sale on Monday, and uh, we got the news that it was unlikely to be increased so on Monday. It was 15,000. That was the cap. And because of... And now, I was a bit confused as a lot of people were because I hadn't seen the news about how the priority groups worked, but it was peculiar pr- priority groups that were put out by Port Adelaide and the fact that all 11 game memberships are in one priority group, and then the, ra- the other memberships are in, in the other. So it meant that People, uh, no matter what level of uh, mem- membership they had, because uh, there is, even even in the 11-game memberships, there's a lot of different levels um, and as far as what people are financially paying out. And certainly, the thing with memberships is there are Port fans out there that would love to be in those tiers that aren't because of financial difficulties or, you know, just, just where they are with their financial situation. Uh, so it's not to say that anyone's more or less deserving in that sense, but the unfortunate thing is there is people... That do pay to guarantee themselves into a certain sphere of priority group at this time of year, and that's that's part of the membership, the draw to p- purchasing a more expensive membership from the club. You ent- you're enticed into that by uh, the, the the promise of guaranteed tickets at th- this time of year. But because of the way it worked, the reduced capacity, any other year would all be gone. But the reduced capacity meant um, the AFL dictated, I guess, that there was two priority groups. Port made the decision to split it down the line of um, 11 game memberships versus the rest, which I it was going to be a rock and a hard place for them if it gone any other way. But I think there was some legitimate um, frustrations. I was one of them. I, and I'll, I'll, I'll admit I was a bit... I probably... I don't like taking away from positivity. And I think um, myself included on Monday when we were tweeting about our anger about not getting tickets, we probably took away from the, some of the enjoyment some other people had. Um, regarding getting tickets, so I do apologize for that. If I if if you saw any of that and just thought, oh man, that sucks, because I I got tickets and I'm happy. But I'm genuinely happy for everyone that did. And um, to update on that, with the tickets that went on sale today, when they updated to twenty thousand, I did get tickets, so I'm happy now. And I feel bad for um if I did bring anyone down with just being a bit frustrated. But I was just I was frustrated. Uh, we <laughs> we fork out a fair bit of money on the memberships, um, upgraded to a certain level. To make sure I didn't miss out because I missed out in a few games last year. I thought I didn't complain at that time because I knew where my membership level was. I didn't want to, you know, it was what it was. This year I upgraded. um, That you know, it's financial stress to upgrade those memberships because it wasn't. I'm not making really any more money. I just made some sacrifices. Um, But and then we to miss out again. It just felt like, oh for fuck's sake! Like what are we doing? But um, that was a hot-headed frustration at the time, and I I do apologise if. Any of that kind of took away from the joy because it is, it is a joyful thing to get final tickets and those that did get tickets, even if they were below me in membership status or whatever, that's not to say they're not any less of a fan because that's just, you do, you do just purchase into what you can get into. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for each and every Port fan that got in and um, I'm happy today when they announced the 5,000 tickets extra. I um, had another stressful couple of hours waiting for that 2 p.m. slot to come around. <laughs> it's two days this week, I've basically stressed for half a day over tickets but thankfully today um Ticketek just I jumped in there and put my barcodes in and it just it was a very smooth process today not like the shit show of the Ticketek queues the other day. So, um it yeah, it felt I guess on the on the front of the crowd capacity as a whole. I mean that's that's the we all got angry about the 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 you know the priority groups and all that stuff but the real the real issue here is um a state government that um just isn't playing isn't playing the ball game when it comes to events like this um it's we've got like 75% capacity and and stuff like that in most restaurants venues everywhere around the country around the state at the moment we've eased back restrictions a fair bit masks qr check-ins all those things are still there and there is still a high level of concern and risk within the interstate cases which uh, we feel for the people in um in new south wales and victoria in particular at the moment dealing with um some Still rising situations there, and 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 there is a fear and there is a danger there, and I get that because I'm not one of those people that doesn't think it exists. I do believe it exists, and there is a clear and present danger with COVID. So, yes, the concerns are warranted. But once you're letting fifteen, twenty thousand into a stadium, thirty to thirty-five thousand as a like seventy-five percent cap or something, probably doesn't make much more difference. Um, in a state that is doing all the right things, and we've actually. Done a really good job in the state. Every time, a couple of times we've had a lockdown, we've just snapped our fingers and done it. Haven't, haven't questioned it. But it's, it's these kind of moments that we are doing that we, we're told during lockdowns that you're doing the lockdown to get through to be able to enjoy moments like this. And so when you're still having to deal with the stress of the ticketing and all that, that's where the frustrations come from. It's not that most people um, like myself are, are doing the right things everywhere we can wear a mask, our I I QR check in everywhere. I I want to do it. I want to. I want to do the right thing in that sense because I understand why these things are important. But then when you can't when you can't go to a footy game, um, when other states are doing the, doing their part, like um, Western Australia, which is in in some ways harder on COVID in certain areas, is has understood that you can if because it's safe there they can have more on the ground, and then you know they do the snap lockdowns as well. But you know that's why they've got the grand final as well. Our state government just hasn't done played ball in any any way or sense and. They're falling behind, and it's it's sad for a state that has is such a proud footy state where um it's our number one sport by far, and uh and and to have proud clubs like Port Adelaide miss out on some benefits that you know Queensland is not a is not an AFL first Aussie rules first state, but they got a grand final last year, and now it's gone all the way west this year. If it's not at the MCG, I know they've got that little caveat there. Um, you know our state central <laughs> the position it is. The the um, facilities that are there. Um, it's a very good location if it could happen, but is what it is. Um, I can't rent. I shouldn't rant on it anymore because we're ten minutes into the podcast. This is a pre- preview for the qualifying final, so I shouldn't touch on it anymore. But that is a big storyline for this week. Was the crowd capacity and and certainly when we look at the game, imagine that that stadium of forty to fifty thousand people in there for um, that would absolutely bury Geelong. Last year was good enough with it. We had twenty five thousand last year, and that was an incredible atmosphere. Um, 20,000 certainly this year will do a great job as well I know it and we'll be a part of it and we're excited to be a part of it 20,000 will be loud and intimidating but you can only imagine what forty to 50,000 would be like and this is the unfortunate thing is this is our second qualifying final at home in this uh, since we moved to Adelaide Oval and we still haven't been able to have any more than 25,000 in and certainly um, in 2014 we had the elimination final that atmosphere was unfucking real and can, I can only imagine what it would be for a qual- qualifying final but we have to wait until at least next year to find out. So that's just unfortunate and it is a frustration when there's a lot of good fans out there that are still missing out. Um and and for a situation like this it would just be wonderful to really be um packing that stadium in with as many as we say possibly safely safely can. And I just think that 20,000 is still is a token gesture just to add 5,000 more on today. And uh and I think that you could have done more but they just didn't they're not they're just not playing the game really and that's just unfortunate where we are at the moment with uh, how the state is managing it. They've done a great job in certain aspects, but it's just at these times, it's like there's a little bit too much um, kind of negligence in that sense. So anyway, let's get into talking about the game a bit more now that we've gotten out all that drama out of the way. That is a big storyline of this week, though, for the fans in particular, as well as the club, um, because certainly the club was pushing it for a fair bit as well with what they were saying in the media. But it's 20000 from the looks, and uh, we can't wait to be a part of it. All right, I took a quick break there, just... Um, to reset my thoughts and make sure um, and, and get get ready to talk about the game itself. But uh, just uh, the All-Australian team has been finalised now. And unfortunately, uh, no Carl Amon in the All-Australian side. But um, a great year getting into the All-Australian 40. And there's always always a few that miss out that are deserving. And Amon is just that guy this year. But two years, got plenty of footy left in front of him. And if he keeps playing at this level, he'll be in there very soon. So a great year from Carl Amon and um, and yeah, big congratulations to Ollie Wines and Alier Alier for getting into the side. Um, it's it's always a contentious thing, uh, but uh, yeah, Amon certainly had a year deserving of it, and it's just um, just not not his year yet. But um, he'll get there. Uh, so that's that's um, all Australian stuff out the way. Now the game, big game tomorrow night. So as I said, both teams have got some you know considering we played in the same fixture last year. Uh, there's some big. Changes to the sides, you know, we're missing the likes of Ebert and um, and Pow Pepper and Rockcliffe as well. Um, you know, Pow Pepper certainly a chance to be the sub, but I think you know, I think um, I, I kind of hope it's Sam Mays just personally. But I'll get I'll get to the Port Adelaide side. We'll talk about Geelong first. Um, Geelong certainly missing the likes of Gary Ablett um, and and Coe, but uh, they got a big you know big in this year that certainly has done done some damage against us this year already in the in the name of uh, Jeremy Cameron. Um, but, uh, this side, this, oh God, where am I looking? There we go. Um, so yeah, Jeremy Cameron's probably the, one of the big ones that ran, we saw the kind of the, uh, dynamism and how, how dangerous, uh, he is, um, last, like, like when they played us at, uh, at Adelaide Oval after the bye this week, this year, um, the, the forward line there has really been. Um, one of the strong points for them this year when they get going uh, in Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins is that dynamic uh, tall duo. and then Brandon Parfitt's been pretty good down there as well and then you know Gary Rowan's certainly been a big one that's come across in the last couple of years as well and they've got some big damaging players down there and it's going to be a, a fascinating battle down there with our defence but um yeah, and then Mitch Duncan is the big in for their side this this week as well. He's been out since round fourteen, I think, and uh, I think at one point I wasn't sure if he was going to be back this year, and I hadn't really thought about it for a while. And then when I saw their na their team lineup come out, I was like, "Oh fuck, Mitch Duncan's back!" So he was having a great year uh, before um, he came, before he got injured, and he certainly um, it's it's interesting bringing a player back in at this juncture, but um, certainly he's been around for a fair few years, and um, he knows. He knows footy and knows how to play, and he uh, I think him coming back in will be an instant boost for Geelong. So that's one to watch out for, and uh, certainly a strengthening to their side that um, we didn't need. But hey, we're we're getting to some pretty good places ourselves. So, but yeah, it's a great side that they've got there. Um, their emergencies the the sub will come from one of Max Holmes, who was admitted uh, for Mitch Duncan, Sean Higgins, Asaba Radigalia, or Zach Guthrie. So a pretty um, strong couple of names in there to be their sub too. But of course, we've got the same. uh, same uh, strong subs area too that I'll get to, um, but uh, they're, they're certainly uh, the one that the big one that they're missing since uh, we last played them is Tom Stewart, who was named in the All Australian side um, this uh, tonight as well. So they're missing an All Australian backman, um, and he was he's been particularly one that was really <laughs> playing well that last game. He was really cutting off. He was one of those ones that was cutting off everything. I think if I'm remembering correctly, I'm 99 sure it's Tom Stewart just was that one that kept on bobbing up when we were trying to... And we were just not playing great footy in that game either at times, and we were playing right into their hands, but we were certainly putting it down the throat of Thomas Stewart a lot in that game. And he was just reading reading our play out of the midfield, and even just down down the wings so well, and, just, and finding the holes and just plugging them, um, and we just couldn't get through them, so... That could potentially be a big miss for them. Um, obviously they've still got some big names back there like Blicavs and Henderson, and Coe and Atkins. Atkins might be one of the ones that was giving us some trouble last game as well. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the name I'm thinking of, but I know there was one guy, and I'm hoping it was Tom Stewart that was, shitting. Them. There's just plugging every hole. Um, last game we played him, so he's either way he's a big miss for them, and certainly um, structurally, just that defense is um, it's his defense and. Yeah, that's a big miss, so hopefully we can take a little bit of advantage with that. Of course, we are missing um, one of our tools, but we're bringing back in a pretty dynamic forward too. So, But yeah, Geelong's side, look, they're a side that scares the shit out of me all the time, and I told I remember t- chatting about this with um Ryan, our Amer- and go back and listen to that one that uh, an American Port fan uh, crossed with the Creedcast earlier this week, a great podcast episode with Ryan from um, listening and watching from over in Chicago in the US. He was talking about how he hates them as well. And um, they've just been a side ever since, to, um, unfortunately, 2007. Um, They've just been a great side. You know, they won three premierships in six years there. But then even since then, while they haven't uh, tasted that premiership success again, I think they've only missed finals once in the last 10, 12, 15 years. Like, they've just been an amazing, amazingly consistent side. And with that consistency just comes a level of danger because they know what they're doing. They know what they're all about. Um, the veterans like Selwood, like Hawkins, and Dangerfield certainly is in that category as well as vet- veteran, even though he wasn't a part of those um, premiership-winning sides, uh, as well as there's a lot of just um, talent and and quiet combat. And then Isaac Smith has been a big one that's come across this year as well, and he's certainly – he knows all about winning premierships and what what it takes at this time of year as well. So just a good, experienced side, and they've got guys like Jeremy Cameron and Gary Rowan that have come in um, that have been almost to the pinnacle of – of um footy without winning it and They're like gary was gary wrong he wasn't at sydney back in, i can't remember anyway uh he might but um jeremy cameron certainly only a few years ago was at the pin almost at the pinnacle but um had a um, devastating grand final loss so they've got a good mix of uh veterans that know what it takes and then um some of those guys that are you know at, in the prime of their careers slash veterans that that want to get to that level and and taste that success and Certainly the likes of Dangerfield especially as the one thing that's missing from his cabinet as far as his legacy goes is that premiership. So there's a lot on the line for these guys, particularly when losing a grand final that they led. Um, I would You wouldn't say comfortably against Richmond ever in a grand final, but considering Richmond had won their last couple of grand finals in reasonably easy fashion, Geelong had a pretty good lead on them at halftime last year and they'll be hurting from that. We can say all we want about how much we're burning and legitimately we are from that Prelim final uh loss last year, but Geelong certainly will be burning just as much. Um, you've got to look at it objectively and see what's happening on their side and they want they wanna rectify uh what happened last year when they had that they had that game. Um, you know, obviously Dusty is he's kinda like he's kinda like um, putting Messi out in for the second half. Um and if you put him out in a grand final and you know, Dusty Martin just turns into something different. Weird year he's had this year. But um anyway, but yeah, you know, just looking at last year and all the things that Geelong have got in there. In their pocket is what they're using to drive them forward. Those are the things we've got to look at as well and realize what's on the line for this team as well. So uh, you know, there's a lot going on there, and um, they're going to be. It's going to be a tough out tomorrow night, and we've got to recognize that and and see the and see the. Um, but we're certainly in some good form and some great form. Had a great few weeks, and we're coming on strong. And we've we've just peaked peaked as far as our. Um, we haven't peaked yet. I won't say that. Knock on wood. But we're certainly getting uh, humming at the right time and getting the players back and fit at the right time. So let's talk about us because that's the best fucking thing to do because this is the cast. It's Port Adelaide podcast. Let's talk about Port Adelaide. All righty. So our Port Adelaide side sees uh, one only one change uh, for the side, which is the one we probably all knew was coming this week, unless, although, you know, Mitch Georgiadi's going down last week. He looked like he was in, in in for a two or three week injury, and then uh, it came out earlier in the week. Oh, it's, he's not looking too bad. He's a chance for this week. It's like, oh fuck! And I, my immediate thought was, if he does have a legitimate strain to his hamstring, he probably should sit the week out. And it looks like that's what the team's done. Is um are on the side of caution because Georgiades will be important later in the finals, whether it's next week, week after, whatever it is. I'll knock on wood, it's not next week, and he gets an extra week to rest. But um, he's going to be an important factor later in the later in the finals, regardless. What happens tomorrow night, and um, and we should we got to err on the side of caution, certainly with a young player as well. Protect him from himself, really, because he's 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 an elite, and he he uses any you know part of his game is so much of his athleticism, and you don't want to, don't want to test that if you've got the options. And the fact is, we had Fantasia sitting there after his week out with a slight hamstring strain, ready to come back in. So Fantasia in for George it changes the structure a little bit? We're going with. You know, we've got the we've got Laddams in there, we've got Marshall and we've got Dixon. And certainly we'll miss the dynamism of Georgiades, but we've gone a little bit it just means we go a little bit smaller as far as the overall structure of of the forward line goes. And Fantasia is a good one to bring back in. We've got Greyback Fit, we've got um Rosie Fit. We've got Butters and Desma floating around there as well and as well as um the tools that are down there as well and Mop Pop. So there's a lot of talent there. It's not a it's not weakening our position, it's just changing the structure a little bit and um, that's um Certainly, tomorrow night I think that'll be a good dynamic kind of forward line structure we'll be going with. So that's it's it's exciting. It's unfortunate for Georgiades, but it is exciting to see what we can do with that little change up we're doing down there. So otherwise, um, it's a team that continues to um, you know Mackenzie has taken his chance. I've said it time and time again this year. He's just taken his chance this year, and it's unfortunate for Cleary. It's it's incredible to me that it's um, now we look at this time of year and it's um, Alia essentially has taken Cleary's spot. From the back line of last year, as well as um, you know, Bergman is in there too. So there's while it's a similar back line to what we saw um in this similar final last year, and McKenzie will certainly I wonder if he'll get the job in Hawkins and but what happened last year, Mackenzie um, did an incredible job in Hawkins. But what we did last year, which was really um great, was we played a team defense that, you know, Hawkins kicked like zero goes five last year. And I was I was sitting right near the cheer squad last year for this final and um after way too much, way just overindulging myself in life. so I was I, <laughs> I was yelling a lot of stuff, and I was really really enjoying Hawkins missing every goal shot on goal, and you can see we rattled him, we 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 pushed him out wide, we weren't letting him have um the prime chances he's used to, and he rushed a few kicks, and it was he was just rattled a little bit last year as well as not getting the game go his way. So uh, McKenzie did a great job last year, but it was also a bit of a team uh, structural thing that we just we just made them we just made the chances a uh, lot lower percentage than what um, Hawkins is expecting. So we need to uh, recognise that while the job was done great last year, it's also not out of the fact that um, Hawkins did have his chances. Like I said, it was zero goals, five and 99% sure as what his rec- um, goal-kicking record was for last year. So he did get the kicks. So we're going to have to reconcile with the fact that it's probably going to ha- we- there's probably going to be a few chances like that again. So we're going to have to... But we all are also bringing in the wild card that wasn't there last year, which is Aalir Aalir, who um who is now an All-Australian centre-half back for us. He's been an incredible addition to us. He's probably the number one trade in a long, long time, considering the, the value of the trade with the you know, future second-round pick. Eat your heart out. It will take Aaliyah every time, in this form especially, and he has been incredible, and he's he's changed our entire defence and how he works. So he will be an interesting... And he's he's kind of like he started off the year red-hot. he, he I, know, I keep saying he didn't tail off. He just... He just wasn't quite the the absolute highlight reel that he was at the start of the year for a few weeks there, but then the last few weeks he's really stepped it right back up again. And it's just it's just in red hot form, and he's gonna be he's gonna be a big difference to what we saw last year. Like I said, there were some structural things we did last year which were really great, um, and Mackenzie did an incredible job, and Jonas was there. Jonas was uh, mopping shit up there as well. Um, Burton is in the best form he's ever been in this year, I think, um, and he's he's got a run apart from a little niggle um, somewhere mid through the year. He's been great again. Uh, Burn Jones has been not his club champion self this year, but um he's he's come back into some form over the last few weeks. So like I said, there's some, some big things that we did last year that was really just a, some masterclass of just our setup. But um the the wild card that we're throwing in there this year is is certainly a lear. And then Bergman running off half back will be really great as well and and he's like he's just grown into a some player this year as well. So uh, but I really think the, the key back there will be Allier. If he plays like he has the last few weeks, he's going to cause some... He's, he wasn't at that level um, against Geelong a few weeks um, back in the middle of the year. Um, but he's going to be a big one this year, in this game, I think. Um, like I said, the, the forward line at um, midfield was missing the likes of Dersmer and Butters the last time we played as well. That's a big factor um, for me. Because we've seen um, in those middle, middle patches of the year, when we were struggling a little bit, we weren't quite... Uh, Find, finding a cut and thrust and speed through the midfield quite as much, because we're having to work a lot harder with um just the limited um run that we had. Really, it was we still had you know obviously Wines and Boak was playing some great footy still at that time, but um we just didn't have the Butters and Dersmer had that a little bit of x x factor and speed and and Butters and then Rosie wasn't uh, Rosie kicked himself into some form in that game with the goals, but he's found the form since then since that game and going forward Rosie has gotten better and better. He's run through the midfield. He's gotten a lot more confident and and pulling off those kind of things. Butters and Dursmere have come back in as well, and then Drew's just grown into, kept on growing into a real great player this year as well. So everyone that was in that game that we played against Geelong earlier this year, if they were in that game, they've gotten better. Um, and if they weren't in that game, obviously they're in addition to the situation we're in right now. So I can't believe I'm saying, but I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of confidence for tomorrow night, which. Fuck, that's a bad place to be for me because usually that's when everything comes crashing down. Knock on wood. Catastrophic thinker. I keep saying that. I I, I, I find the worst case scenario. So usually when I'm confident like this, but it's just like I look down look down that side, where we were then, where we are now, um, the form that a lot of these guys are in and just see some po- a lot of positives to take. So well, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one, but I see a lot of positives as well. In this side, where we are, the, fit, the fitness level we're at, um, we're going to need some big performances. Our tools are going to need to. Um, Dixon's going to have to cl- probably clunk some goals tomorrow night. But often in these tight, close games against top sides, often Dixon, you know, often he, he doesn't, he kicks his bags against some of the small teams, which isn't a flat check bully thing. It's just he does decoy a little bit more in these ones and then he, gr- he grabs a couple of goals here and there. But um, yeah, it's going to be reliant on a little bit of that small forward magic. Motlop certainly had his time last year, um, kicking three goals in this um, same fixture last year. Uh, But we want to see the likes of Gray and certainly Fantasia playing his first final for us as well. Um, We want to see him kind of um, really spark up and add that X-Factor down forward. Just like Leah has in the back line, we want to see Fantasia really add that X-Factor down forward and kick a couple of magic goals. That would be wonderful. So, man, there's a lot to be excited about tomorrow night, a lot to be excited about with this team. Alrighty, so quick mention, we do have some new badges and stickers and, and stuff on the website finally at the moment. People will have seen me tweet about that on the socials a little bit or Instagram. Whatever it may be over the last couple of days, um, since well, last night I think I dropped the there's uh, seven new large badges, five new mini badges and a couple of sticker sheets with some of those great quality vinyl stickers um, that last forever. Um, so they're on the site now, uh, so get in there. Um, the stuff that's the new stock drops a pre-order on them. They're Actually, I do have them in hand, I just haven't, I've got a you know, package them up and everything, but they're available, and I'll be sending out all orders that are made on Monday. Um, so that 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 will happen. Um, if you want to, I'll start throwing in some discount codes into the podcast just for the fun of it. So, if you want a discount, um, of uh, the uh, 15% um, on your order, uh, if you listen to this podcast, and then use the code Alir A-A So, that is at Lear A L I R Ollie. L I E A A. Um, so to celebrate Aaliyah and Ollie being in the All-Australian team, just use that code, AaliyahOliAA, at checkout before um, Sunday night, and you'll get 15% off your order, um, as well as if, you, um, depending if you're if you ordering in Australia, if you order $60 or more, um, you'll get free shipping as well. So, uh, but yeah, use that code to get a little bit of a percentage off. And as, an, as a thank you for listening to the podcast as well, I do appreciate it. So AaliyahOliAA, Get your discount at the Creed store. Alrighty, so we're finishing up this podcast. I don't know how to finish up a qual- I haven't done a preview podcast for a qualifying final before. I had started doing some of these. It's actually about a year since we started this little project. We, um, me and the better half, started talking about this back in July, August last year, just as something we were trying to do, as something we could do together while being um, kept on the other side, of the other side of the world from each other during COVID. And uh, we started just. I was driving through Port Adelaide and just had this idea to do this. And um, so it's about a year since we started that, um, which I know because um, the the um, website is uh, sending me the update saying you're going to be charged this much money to re reset up your uh, to pay for your website for the year um, in a couple of days. So and um, that one started as a free trial. So I know I started. I think it was about actually possibly this day last year. So um, it's a little bit of time for, of celebration and reflection, and also going forward, um, we have. You know, this time last year we were still in the midst of the season because of the delayed start and everything with the COVID, but we're back into a little bit more of the uh, normality of the finals starting around this time of the year. So um, although usually it should be starting in September, but the um, mixing of the pre-finals by a good idea um, has meant that we're playing some finals in August, which is, again, <laughs> a difference, um, but it's wonderful. So um, it's a time to um, for us personally to celebrate this little journey we're on, and we've met a lot of great people through it, so... It's really cool and I thank you for being a part of it. But uh, yeah, now we're going to a qualifying final and the first time I've done a preview for one of those, which is wild. And uh, I don't know how to finish it apart from saying, I hope we win. No, uh, I think think we might see a similar game to last year. Uh, It'll be... Geelong are just a side that like to... uh, They don't like to let games get out of hand. Um, They like... When they get a run on, they really get a run on. But if it's... um, they, they're happy to um, dig down into the trenches a little bit as well and, and battle it out. And we certainly did that with them last year, and I expect to do it again. And I also expect, um, just with where we are, uh, the midfield, uh, although we're missing the likes of um, Rockliffe and Evo and from last year, I just think um, we're just in a place where Wines has just taken such a step up this year, which is obvious to all of us with seeing him get the All-Australian Blazer and being... Being in such strong at least contention in, in as far as the betting betting goes uh, in the Brownlow as well, William Drew's become an incredible player, and I just think uh, there's a few other things happening there that just we are just uh, a better and heart, more harder team, and certainly the additions of like Alia in the back line as well as Fantasia up forward add those a little bit of X factor that we just didn't have last year. At defense is in a lot better than it was last year, and we were pretty damn good last year too. So that's just a credit to how much Alia is. Added to what we're doing down there and the fact that a like a guy like Cleary Hugh is an incredible defender in his own right, is kept out of this side just shows where we are in that in that aspect of the field. And as well as up forward, the fact that we lose Georgiades, who's just finished third in the Rising Star, and bring in a guy like Corazio Fantasia to take that spot. And while I, like I said, it's a structural change, it's um by no means a de- detrimental change. Our forward line is just as dangerous. It's just a little bit different. So um with all that in mind, I'd I'd love to see just a solid tough-it-out kind of four-goal win tomorrow night. I don't think it's, it's not going to be a blowout either way, um, and I certainly believe we'll be toughing it out at times tomorrow night, but I just think with the home crowd behind us and, and the stinger last year in our tails, and certainly, like I've said, there's a plenty of sting in Geelong as well, and they'll be coming out looking to rectify some things, but uh, I just think we've, we've learnt some things about ourselves this year as well as at the end of last year, and I think um, certainly the, the close-game record... Is uh is a key one too. I think we just we've just worked out how to tough it out, and I hope that's uh, continues tomorrow night, and we get a solid four goal win. So that's where I'm expecting it to be. Um, otherwise, it's just uh, everyone enjoy it, um, embrace it. The qualifying finals, home qualifying finals, especially. While i have been blessed the last couple of years to um, get one two years in a row, um, it can be a long a long time between drinks. Potentially at times. Certainly, I don't expect it to stop anytime soon. I hope we've got one next year and the year after, and. With it. however long this little run we're on goes for, with just having a good side, but uh, enjoy it and embrace it because we all know in sports is a cyclical thing at times, and sometimes it can um, be a long time between drinks as far as enjoying home finals. So appreciate the opportunity to be a part of it, and uh, and relish in it, and do everything you can to help us get across the line. We certainly will be having a crack at it tomorrow night and getting a little bit loud and enjoying it now that we've um guaranteed our spot getting into the stands which we didn't think we were going to be doing uh this time yes, yeah, yesterday even so uh yeah it's all those that are lucky enough to have tickets um it's wonderful and and yeah enjoy it um those that um unfortunately missed out uh enjoy it as well um everyone is a part of this no matter where you are watching in the world certainly like i said i did a podcast with the bloke and uh ryan in chicago um earlier this week and they they're just as much part of this journey because everyone That makes up the Port family is why we have such a strong uh, following and culture and why we're a club like no other. So get around it, embrace it, enjoy the game. Um, Hopefully we're pretty happy talking about it in a few days with the review and we'll be looking forward to some some big wins very soon. So knock on wood, it's a 24-point win tomorrow night and we're flying into a prelim. Let's fucking go. Let's take this opportunity. Let's relish this opportunity. This team is a fucking team of legends and let's go. Can the pair.